What's up, America? It's Dave Sheridan, a.k.a. Doofy, and you're listening to The Horror Squad. And remember, don't disturb me while I'm listening to The Horror Squad. the horror squad podcast this is episode number 270 tonight we're talking about scream six which is currently in theaters i'm one of your co-host todd we have joe we have steve we have steve we have joe we have todd boys to men how are we doing tonight i think i feel like i use boys to men too much i need to cut it down a little bit how are we doing (laughs) birthday boy joe steve just got back from long vacation how you guys doing good fantastic fantastic thank you so much everyone yeah, tell us about everything. your birthday, Joe. Appreciate it. Yeah, you know, it was pretty chill. We didn't really do um, much. We went out to dinner with my parents on Saturday, had some good food, some good drinks. Uh, Sam made, surprised me with an amazing Shining-themed birthday cake, which was amazing. I completely caught me off guard. I, I forget where I was. Like I think I was in the bathroom or something, and I came out, and she just like was holding it, and yeah, I mean, it was fucking amazing. Uh, shout out to Michelle, who has done uh, a lot of our art recently. Um, she made the cake. She also made Sam's Nope Cake, who uh, you guys a lot, you guys may have seen for Sam's birthday back in December. But she killed it once again. She killed it on the Nope Cake, cake and she killed it once again on the Shining Cake. Uh, maybe I'll post that, actually. She made a really great video of the making of it on her TikTok. So maybe I will reshare that onto our Instagram so you guys can can see it. But yeah, looked awesome. Uh, it was the shining carpet design around the cake and then the top of the cake had the Grady twins. But yeah, it was, it was awesome. So yeah, good, good birthday, good times. I'm 36 now, creeping up on 40. It'll be here before I know it. But you know, that, that as is life, you know, I, I feel young. So, you know, I mean, my back, not so much, but everything else feels young. It's piece by piece, man. It just like, <laughs> you know, it's your back, then it's your hips, then it's your energy. It's just, it's all downhill from here. How's that Viagra subscription working? No, it's, it's all that Ooh. keeps you going, you know? <laughs> now you got to get the, uh, was it Gorilla Dong? Is that what uh, right, Katie yeah. posted in our Discord? <laughs> Horny goat weed? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, very cool. And I'm back from vacation. Very happy to be back. It's uh, it was a fun time. You know, I just got to relax a lot, and I watch a hell of a lot of movies. So it was good. It was good just being on the beach, reading books, and doing stuff. So back to the winter, back to the grind. Mm. It's actually nice here today. The weather's warming up. Spring is spring mm. is here is coming. It's it's almost here, which means horrors in Salem, baby. Joe is going to be cosplaying out on Essex Street this summer. Freddie. The Creeper from Jeeves Creepers and Art the Clown. Keep an how eye was, out for me. How was your cosplaying at the con you were at? That was show. awesome. It, me, me and Steve kind of broke it down a little last week. Um, but it, yeah, it was amazing. Everyone loved it. Uh, like I was telling Steve last week, Art the Clown, man, just reigning supreme, like all of the attention to him. So Freddie, not as much love. Creeper got second most love. But yeah, it went it went super well. People love the cosplays. I'm actually going to get the Creeper mask repainted. So I'll I'll send you guys updates on that, but I found a guy who does repaint, so I wasn't extremely happy with the paint on it. So gonna get it updated, trying to be as legit as possible. So we'll see. Very 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 cool. Can't wait to see 
all that cosplaying uh, down in Salem. I'm actually going myself this summer, so hopefully I'll get to see a little bit of that. So as since we are talking Scream, you know, most of our questions, of course, are Scream related because people are very passionate about this franchise. So we will do the question period at the end of the episode after a review because some of them go into spoiler territory and stuff like that. So we will go straight to what watched. So let's go with the birthday boy first. Birthday boy. <laughs> uh, did you actually have time to watch anything this week? Um, yeah, I had a couple things, actually. Not much. I've been pretty slow on my movie watching the past few weeks. I really got to catch up. But before we get into that, since we were talking birthday boy, this was supposed to be my birthday week pick, but we had to change things around, you know, reschedule. Of course, we have to do Scream as soon as possible because I know we're all super excited to talk about it. So we're going to be doing my birthday pick next week. So I am. Go- I decided to choose. I was going to wait till Christmas time because it is technically a Christmas movie, but I decided to choose Inside. The original, not the remake, so avoid the remake if you can. I believe you can watch it over on Tubi uh, for completely free. So uh, Inside, which is a French movie, so you are going to have to read some subtitles, but it is a fucking insane movie. And the main reason I picked it is because Todd and Steve have never seen it, so I am super excited to discuss it with them because it is a a wild movie. It's gory, and it should be a good one to discuss. So I'm excited to uh, delve into that next week. All right, so my first one tonight is is a new movie for true crime fans over on Hulu, and that is 2023's The Boston Strangler, or Boston Strangler, I should say. Um, No the in there, so don't go looking for it that way. Because I did, I tried to, when I reviewed on Letterboxd, I had had some trouble finding it. But Boston Strangler, 2023, you can check it out over on Hulu. Stars Kira Knightley. Uh, Yeah, and basically uh, this touches on the story Not many people, I guess, talked about when it came to the Boston Strangler. It had to do with the reporters that kind of helped break the case. And it was a uh, two females that kind of sort of, I wouldn't say cracked the case, but they really pushed the police and, um, you know, kind of broke the story, I guess. They, like, you know, no, everyone was kind of thought it was, you know, kind of unrelated murders and they were the ones that kind of pieced it all together and then put the pressure on the police to really, you know, start investigating people and whatnot. Um, so yeah, I mean, overall, I enjoyed this one. I, you know, is it anything amazing? No, but I think it's like a pretty solid one-time watch. Um, I gave it a three, three out of five over on my Letterboxd. Um, I wish they kind of went a little more into the, like all of the crimes and kind of the brutalness of it. I guess that just me being the horror fan I am would like to see sort of more of that. I mean, they kind of did, you know, a little bit with that, but not as much as, as I had hoped. But I did learn a, a couple new things regarding um, the whole Boston Stringer case. It took place in the 1960s. Uh, in Boston. He was a pretty infamous serial killer, 13 victims. Um, But there's a lot of theories out there and they kind of, you know, go into it in this movie as well about whether, you know, it was actually the guy they ended up pinning it on, which was Albert DeSalvo, or whether there were multiple stranglers. You know, there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. So if if you're not familiar with the case, I think you'll probably enjoy it even more because I was already kind of well-versed in it. But if you are pretty well versed in the case, you might not learn a lot, but it's still a, a decent watch. So, I, you know, I'd give it a, a recommend. Nothing for me. Steve? All right. So I watched a lot, but I'm going to talk just to two of them. The first one is one I watched over on Netflix, and it is 2018's Apostle. Quite frankly, I heard nothing of it, but the poster was cool. So I'm like, hell, 
I will watch it just based off that, which never actually served me well, but I keep doing it anyway. So this one is about a guy. It takes place in the, like, I don't know, late 1800s or something. And uh, this guy's sister went over to, like, a religious cult and then seems to have been kidnapped by them so he goes and integrates himself into this religious cult trying to get her back but then he starts noticing that not only are they bad people obviously because they kidnapped her but there are some strange supernatural things going on in that town as well uh it basically has to do with like these creatures that are being like their powers are being used to make the crops better in that town is basically what the gist of that is i won't go further than that because that would be spoiling it and yeah that's basically the gist of the story it's just him integrating into this cult and trying to fit in while trying to get his sister at the same time i think this is a fucking wild movie like you never know what is going to come up next it's really crazy the stuff that this guy goes through uh it's very bloody like there's a lot of gore in this there's some really good creature effects as well when you do see them so i like that uh, the brutality kind of kept me engaged throughout the whole film but the story is very convoluted i i was kind of having a hard time as to what exactly the fuck was going on i'm still not sure what the connection was between the paranormal forces and the leaders of that town it was it, they really the way they explained it wasn't very good but I think it was an okay, like, one-time watch. Nothing I'd go out of my way to recommend or anything like that. So that is Apostle that you can find over on Netflix, and I gave it a three out of five stars. All righty. Uh, all right, my final one tonight is a series recap, a show I've been talking about since the beginning from 2019 to now is Servant over on Apple Plus. It is a show that was created by M. Night Shyamalan. And we finally got our series finale last week after 40 episodes. These are, um, you, know, so you can check it out on Apple Plus. It's, uh, they're only 30 minute episodes. So they're, it's a pretty, you know, quick watch. And especially now after it's done, you could really blast through this thing pretty quickly. But for those who have never heard my little spiel about it before, it's essentially about a couple whose uh, young son ends up tragically dying. To cope with that, they end up using a doll for the mother um, to kind of you know, cope with the death of her son. One day they hire a nanny to help her take care of this doll because the mom legit thinks it's real because um, she's you know, kind of in shock. And one day they hear a baby crying and this doll is now alive. And it's the mystery unravels for there it takes you on quite a journey through the four seasons that we get i will say that they really drag this show out like this i really think this would have worked better as a movie if i'm being quite honest but they they dragged along and the man you do not get an answer until the very final few episodes um it you know and it you know it's to you know textbook Shyamalan, he keeps it extremely mysterious throughout no questions get answered until the end so it's a bit frustrating however i think if you're gonna binge i think binging it is definitely the way to go waiting week by week it did get a bit frustrating and doing it over four years was the payoff worth it in the end you know overall i was pretty satisfied with how it ended i thought you know it, it, it was decent i once again think Shyamalan holds back a little bit here i think they could have went even deeper and darker, but I do think he, you know, he did surprisingly go pretty dark, especially when it came to kind of explaining 
certain things, especially with, you know, death of children, which we kind of was our main complaint with knock at the cabin, how he didn't go with that original ending and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, you know, overall, I, I, I enjoyed the ride and I'm rating it. I'll probably rate it lower than Sam did. And Sam absolutely loved this show. So take that with how you, you know, how you want it overall, I, I would break it down. I'd probably give it a three and a half out of five would be my rating of the series. I definitely think it's worth a watch. I think it might even be higher had I just binged it rather than um, had it to wait over four years. But I, I think it's definitely worth your time and, and definitely worth a watch, especially if you're into sort of, um, uh, you know, I'm not even going to say it because I don't want to spoil anything. So, you know, I, you check it out. And uh, my final one this week is one that really doesn't need any introduction. Uh, it's a one that a lot of people have seen and should see if they haven't. And that is 1960s Psycho. So I decided while I was on vacation that I am going to do one of the Psycho films every week for the next month. Uh, I have seen one one many times. Two, I, I saw it once. And I've never seen three and four. And I just wanted to see the whole series. So started at the beginning. And of course, I mean, the original Psycho an absolute classic in every way. The cinematography, the score, the performances, the suspense, really like way ahead of its time. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock is an absolute like master storyteller and king of suspense. And it's pretty crazy all the things that he did in 1960 because that's stuff that you just didn't see at that time. Uh, this movie took a lot of risks, of course, uh, you know, did the shower scene, super famous, uh, having like a nude person in the film showing a toilet, which is apparently the first time that you saw a toilet flushing, which is the craziest thing because like, <laughs> she only flushes like paper. It's not like he, they took a shit and like fucking flushed it. Just, <laughs> I just, I can't, it would be so cool to go back in time and, and watch the people's reaction. They're like, oh, <laughs> right. how how dare they? Uh, exactly like yeah like i said it's just paper she flushes who, who gives a shit anyway everybody um, poops yeah. you so you went from the the first flushing toilet to now people shitting each other's mouth yeah, right centipede. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and what can i say about this movie really it's it's just so fucking good uh norman bates the character is just fantastic and it's really crazy that they have this kind of protagonist and then they kill off the protagonist like you know i'm third of the way through and then you have a whole new kind of protagonist jump into the story it's just it's great man I, I love this the original psycho i do find it drags a little bit in the middle and it does feel kind of long at times but it's still an absolute classic and one that i check out every like decade i'd say and i'm really psyched to go to into psycho two three and four just because they don't get a lot of love i mean that was actually even mentioned in scream six which we'll talk about so I'm psyched to kind of revisit Psycho 2 and then finally check out 3 and 4. So I gave it four and a half stars out of five. Excellent. Sam and I went a few years ago to a live orchestra of Psycho where they played the movie and had the live orchestra at the Boston Pops. It was fucking awesome. I wish they did it. They don't. They haven't done it since. But if anyone, if they ever do it, like in your area, you got to go. It's so cool. Have you guys ever seen the Hitchcock uh, Expo that like travels around it's it's like you basically go into different hitchcock sets and it shows the history of all the movies and stuff like that like you had a recreation of the inside of um you know her motel room and then the office and then this you know this the room where her mother his mother is toilets 
yeah the toilet, toilet was there <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, and they had like props there and stuff like that it was really interesting I saw it I mean years ago I was in college when I saw it like a long 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 time ago <laughs> but it's it's amazing if ever you get to see something Hitchcock popped up in your town can't recommend it enough Steve That's was super in college cool. 20 years ago just for reference <laughs> yeah, 23 <laughs> years ago <laughs> So. Why you gotta do him? Why you gotta do him dirty like that? Yeah, I got yeah. it. I got it. He, he was flying a little too high. <laughs> Almost a quarter of a century ago. I'm I'm, I'm yeah. excited for you to watch um the Psycho series because I uh I think two and three are fucking really good and four fuck McGarris fuck him but um I think two is like it's a totally different movie for one obviously but I think it's on par like for for being for coolness because it's just like a different film so I'll die on that hill. Yeah, you right. and Kirby still, yeah. and uh apparently and, Kirby, and Mindy and Kirby and Mindy yeah. no never mind I hate her wait wait which one's Mindy? no come on uh like Randy Jasmine Randy she's the new Randy terrible. give me a break did you get oh, we'll get there yeah we'll get there <laughs> everyone thinks because you're a zombie you don't know good coffee well they're wrong there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure the aroma is so intoxicating it brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Hey, trivia? Yes, yes, sir. yes, yes. Trivia, Joe. Ooh, 20 freaking points. First place, myself. Second place with 15. Uh, Steve, 13. I made some dingers today, so let's see. Uh, oh, speaking of dingers, World Baseball Classic is amazing baseball. If you guys like baseball, it's fucking great. The game is on Japan versus United States tonight for the championship round. Let's go Team USA. All right, who would like to lead this off today? Your birthday boy, of course. Me again? All right, I'll Man. start us off. Sure, let's do it. All right, so first question tonight. I, in case you haven't noticed for like the past like five weeks, I pretty much had a theme going every right. single week. Those will be Scream um, or Wes Craven. <laughs> maybe we'll see. No, not completely, but I mean, just like the the, the type of questions. Okay. Uh, so, all right. First question is Scream related though. So of course. Be ready. Right. Okay. To help her cope with the tragedies that befell her, Sydney Prescott wrote a book. What was the name of that book? Oh, Christ. Part four. Part four. I was going to ask what movie. I don't know. I only have joke answers. I feel like I've probably (laughs) asked this before. (laughs) I don't remember. It's my life. Something like that. You know, you're on the right track, I guess. Sort of. (laughs) I have no idea. All right. Well, she went, of course, she famously went on her book tour, which which brought her back to Woodsboro and Scream 4. The book she was promoting was titled Out of Darkness by Sydney Prescott. I totally didn't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good thing she took the kids and her husband to a secluded place in this last one. Mm-hmm. I couldn't bear to cope with that loss. Yes, I'm glad they had to tell us that too. Is there yeah, thank quite you the info that, She sends her love. She sends <laughs> yes. her love. Like, bitch, I don't care. All right, I'll go. <laughs> All right. Uh, we are going with three letterbox reviews. Remember Ooh. partial reviews and you tell me what the movie is. Number one. A pretty ridiculous horror that doesn't seem to take itself too seriously. I can't believe there's so many sequels. There's a little hint for you. Lots of sequels. Number two. It's not a good film, but you will be entertained by these three things. A tricycle, a wheelchair, 
and a small car. Clue number three. Then this is the ones that give it away. When you're trying to get your gold back, but a little leprechaun. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a shoe needs shining. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, three was on uh, on St. Patrick's Day. I was watching a little bit of it on Sci-Fi. Had like the marathon on. Three's a nice. fun one. The, the one in that's Vegas, right? Yeah, that one's pretty good. I don't think I've seen the entire series. Oh, yeah, I mean, we sh might need to do a breakdown sometime. Have we ever covered any leprechauns? Well, no, I don't think we have. The, you guys did. The uh, the we did, but wait, yeah, that was like the three guys days, right? Like, so yeah. we haven't. I don't think we've carried. We haven't. We, we, we probably should have done it last week. Any same Yeah, it would have made sense on the day yeah. of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. So my first uh, type of question this week is French translation. Oof. So I take the title take the French title and retranslate it back to English and it somehow pops out a completely different title. Le so... big pee-pee. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this one in French is called L'Enfant Lumière, which translates mm. in English to The Child of Light. Ooh. Child of Light. L'Ephémère. Carrie. Wrong. Oh, good guess. A child of light. Um, the the prodigy. Wrong. So I'll give you guys a hint. We it reviewed it on the podcast. <laughs> that no, never it, helps. It, it doesn't have something to do. We reviewed on the podcast, and we've mentioned it on today's episode already. What? Oh, fuck. What? Yeah. So you should get one more guess. We reviewed it, reviewed it, and we've mentioned it already today in the 20 minutes we've been on. Um, right. <laughs> oh. Wow. Children of child, the children of light, the child, 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 of light. child of light. Mentioned it already. <laughs> hey, you guys give up? Yeah, shoot. You too, Joe. Yeah, nothing. Uh, Jeepers creepers. Wrong. So I was going for Joe's birthday cake, The Shining. Ah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> mm -hmm. That child, makes perfect okay. sense. Well, there you go. Nice. Would have been fucked if it was Jeepers creepers, kind of. <laughs> All right, to me. Yep. All right, back to me. All right, match the killer to the oh, movie. God. Today we have Thomas Hewitt. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Correct. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, but I'll give it to you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Same title. Because because so he also had a different because he, he had a different name in the the original Sawyer. the Sawyer family. Yeah. 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 But then they changed it to the Hewitt family in the remake. Why? We'll never know. <laughs> Perhaps the world will never know. All right. Let's see. We got. All right. This part six horror film. So we got Saw. I mean, not Saw. Um, <laughs> Is it Saw? It's not, no, it's not Saw. <laughs> That'd be so funny. <laughs> this part six horror film came out in 2002. Wait, is that all we get? That's all you get. Bro. That's all you <laughs> oh, get. Shit. 2002. Okay. 2002 part sixer. Is it Leprechaun? It's not. Although mm. maybe it is, but it's not my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Final destination. And one more. Can I get one more guess? Incorrect, Joe. Yes, Steve. Wrong turn? Incorrect. The answer is Steve, I mean, Joe, you want another guess? Uh, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, man, six. I mean, not, not many franchises have a six. Uh, let's go with um, 
Let's go with Hellraiser. Fuck me, dude. Why do you? Why did I give you another guest? Can you name the <laughs> subtitle for it? Ah, uh, no, I I couldn't. Hellseeker. <laughs> Hellseeker. All right. Oh, I've that de- that's one franchise I definitely have not delved too deep into. All right. Guess the movie based off the parental guide on IMDb. Love it. All right. Okay. First one. Sex and nudity. Love it. <laughs> a man yes, is a man is seen in a tanning bed, his bare chest being visible briefly. Nothing oh. else is shown. Oof. Ooh. Hot like and bothered it. already. Like it. All right. Violence and gore. There is a decapitated head seen in a fridge. This is not graphic and darkly comedic. Oh. Okay. Oh, no. I guess now. No. Okay. No, I'm I'm gonna wait. I have uh, an idea. Profanity. Strong, fairly frequent language includes fuck, shit, asshole, bitch, dick, vagina, goddamn, <laughs> loser, and the F word for homosexuals. Losers, <laughs> profanity. Loser, yeah, loser. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, parental loser. guide. Some some kids, some parents don't want to hear their kids say loser. Daddy, what's a loser? <laughs> All right. No, yeah. still no. Uh-uh. Nothing, nothing yet. All right. Alcohol, drugs, and smoking. The main uh-huh. character snorts cocaine in the nightclub. Ooh. Oh. As you do. As you do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course. You got to. Is it Jeremy Renner's Dahmer? Wrong. Okay. It's a good guess, though. It's a Thank real you. good guess. Yeah. And finally. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if a head would be comedic in that movie, though. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the final one is from Frightening and Intense Scenes. Uh-huh. The main character kills a woman by eating some of her flesh. This is not seen, but blood is sprayed on the sheets. Ooh. Okay. Oh, I, think, I think I actually, I, th- I think I that, have that, that, that was the last yeah. one, so. Yeah. I, I, I 100% have it. Yeah. Well, you've guessed it, folks. I got it, guys. It is. American <laughs> Psycho. Yes, it is. It is, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Thank you. Joe's killing it again. This week. Thank <laughs> yeah. you very much. He's killing it this year, period, man. <laughs> Gee whiz. All right. All right. Is it back to me? Yeah. yeah. Last one. All right. Last one. Three letter box reviews. <clears throat> Guess the movie. Special shout out to the mom and her never ending bottle of vodka. <sighs> I guess you could say they need to stay woke. Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> you are correct. That's correct. Stay yeah. woke. That's funny. <laughs> and finally, let me just—my uh, favorite one, the final one. It says, "Don't fall asleep, or you'll poop the bed from all that coffee." <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right. Staying with my part six. <clears throat> Name the subtitle for "Children of the Corn" part six. Oh Lord, oh, man. <laughs> That new one, I think, has 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Zero. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, we did did get a favorable review from uh, one of our Discord members there. I can't remember who. Someone went and watched it, and they said they liked it. Hmm. Um, Melissa, probably. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was Missy. Uh, Part part six, though? Yeah, nothing. More corn. I, I have no more corn, more furious. Ma- Malachi's revenge. 
Uh, no, the answer is six 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 Isaac's return. Mm. Never seen it, nor do no. I care to. Nor I don't no. think I've seen past like two, maybe. I don't that's, think I've even seen two. That's a franchise I that I've heard just really goes to complete shit. Like even yeah. you know, yeah, even, even the first the one's not that great. And like <laughs> it's, it's I don't care to cool watch like eight of them. <laughs> right. All right. There's so, a lot though. Right. So this is a new type of category which was uh, actually submitted by one of our listeners, Marla. So thank you very much for, so we're going to try it out. Thank you for that. So guess cool. the actor based on a loose description of roles he played. So it's a male in this case. Okay. Okay. An angry motorcyclist. Uh, a sheriff with a fear of insects. Sheriff with a fear of insects. Okay. A vampire cosplayer. Pause. Oh, okay. I have one more, just so you know. Oh, hold on. I got to steal from this guy. He's hot. He's too hot. Vampire cosplayer. Yeah. That sheriff with the fear of insects is really sticking with me. I, I feel like I know that one. Continue. Continue. I lost okay. it. Okay. And my last one, this is probably going to give it away. Mm. The badass janitor. Badass janitor. Um... Hmm. You want me to repeat them, or are you good? Yes, yes, please. Sure. So, angry motorcyclist, mm-hmm. sheriff with a fear of insects, vampire cosplayer, and a badass janitor. So, Nathan I mean, Killian. I'm no. just gonna throw it out there and say Wes Craven. Wrong. I, I get the janitor thing. <laughs> yeah, all right. And badass, you don't see him. Really. <laughs> no, all right. All right. You guys give mm-hmm. up? Yeah. So, all right. The answer was Nicolas Cage. That he was my played, honestly my initial guess because he played of, uh, uh, yeah, Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider, yeah. Damn, uh, he sad. wasn't actually a vampire in a vampire's kiss. He just played as one. Oh, uh, not know. the not the bees in uh, the Wicker Man remake. <laughs> not the bees. And a badass janitor, of course, in uh, Willy's Wonderland. Willy's Wonderland, <laughs> yes. Mm. I wish I would have saw the remake with the not the bees in the theater. That would have been amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was so I was... a gift. <laughs> I was yeah. so close. I was so close to getting the Willy's Wonderland shirt screen used, Nick, oh. worn by Nicholas. Really? Yeah, it, it went for it went for it went for it went for more than I wanted. It was estimated to go for five hundred, and I was like, okay, I'll do that because it was framed up like real nice yeah, and everything. Nice. Ended up going for over a grand, so I was like, eh, I'll pass. Well, yeah. Maybe next time. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Joe, running away with it. Twenty-three to my sixteen to Steve's fourteen. Yeah, we gotta step it up. Joe's gonna fucking Woo. pull away. Woo. He's gonna pull away with it. All right, we have Scream Six, directed by Radio Silence, and the tagline is "New York, New Rules." Following the latest Ghostface killings, the four survivors leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter in New York City. So our characters are in college now. Um, so we follow them to New York. Uh, the original kids are all a little bit grown up, a little bit older now. Uh, Sam, the oldest sister to General Ortega's character, whatever her name was, follows her as well. And it kind of is like overprotective of her, right? She wants to keep her safe. So they have all these rules and things like that. A little overbearing, which leads to General Ortega's character wanting to rebel a little bit. Um, but we start off the film uh, with Samara Weaving. She's fucking hottie in this bar and she's waiting for like a blind date to come she hasn't met yet uh lo and behold she gets a call at the bar and of course we know it's not gonna end well for her right so she gets a call from this guy saying hey i'm lost can you help me can you walk uh walk me into the to the bar and guide me in and all that stuff oh and samara weaving she's also a film professor that teaches about slasher movies so that's kind of cool 
But anyway, she goes down a dark alley and of course the voice changes to Ghostface. And let me start off, restart a little bit. If you haven't seen Scream, don't listen to this episode because we're going to spoil a lot of it. So here we go. And then Samara Weaving is murdered by the Ghostface killer. But in a twist, uh, right after he does a killing, he takes off his mask so we know exactly who it is. And we follow him for a bit where he walks by our lead characters and is like, hey, you guys are going to go to the party later. Hope to see you there. So we think that we are going to follow this killer and know who he is the entire time, which I think Joe might have mentioned when we uh, talked about this last time, or uh, Steve. I, I did. I, I, that's what I wanted because yeah. I thought it was a fresh idea. Yeah. And it was pretty cool. Pretty strong opening. But anyway, we follow the Ghostface killer back to his apartment and we realize that he's collecting masks and he's uh, him and his roommate are going to be the next um, killers to honor Richie and finish his film and kill off Sam and, and her sister. But he gets a call from his roommate, allegedly, saying that like, hey, I'm like pretending he's Ghostface with the, the voice changer and he starts fucking with him. Eventually, another Ghostface killer comes in the scene and kills our Ghostface killer from the original, the, the first scene. So now we're like, oh shit, Ghostface on Ghostface action. Then we cut to the, the teens and um, or young adults or whatever, and we follow their lives. We've got a couple new cast members that are in the friend group now. And of course, once the killings start happening, everyone's under investigation because Sam, she's kind of labeled online as like the bad character. Like everyone thinks that she framed the boyfriend and Amber from the last movie, and that she was a real ghost face killer. So she's bullied online relentlessly, things like that. People in the streets talk shit to her. She walks by. So naturally, the police are questioning her about the latest killing of uh, the professor. So we'll leave it at that. Oh, uh, you know, overall, I had a lot of fun with this one. I do have quite a bit of issues with it. But honestly, um, I think it was a step up from part five. And I think there's more positives than negatives. But some of the negatives are a little bit like high on my what the hell's going on ranking there so i'll leave it at that overall positive yeah um am i the only one that saw this in 3d by the way did either of you guys see it in 3d or no No. okay yeah so i went i went opening night to like the quote-unquote fan event where essentially they played like a couple of clips of the cast like reaching their hand into body bags and pulling out like things (laughs) and like it's supposed to be like a fun zany thing and then we get demi lovato's music video for the movie which hey you know whatever demi i i you know i wasn't a fan of the song or anything but i like when they put like original like song like sort of like i remember it reminded me of creed when they did what if for the scream 3 soundtrack for anyone that remembers that but so i kind of like that it kind of like brought back some nostalgia and then they we got a free poster which was actually a really cool print so yeah that was the fan event for anyone that was curious about that but yeah so i uh, hated scream 5 like we all i think gave it scathing reviews so my expectations were were tempered but the trailer for six left me a little bit excited for this one and i guess say overall i really enjoyed this one for the most part i definitely have issues with it a similar a lot similar to five uh you know which we'll get into but i think this is definitely a step up i think they did a really good job of kind of developing these new characters a lot better in this one that actually started making me care about them a little more. I thought the opening kill was really solid. Um, and then there's some fantastic scenes throughout, which I know we'll, we'll dive into a lot deeper the more we get into it. But yeah, overall, I came out pretty positive. And yeah, so yeah, I was I was overall happy with this one. Yeah, kind of the same thing with me. So Scream 5, you know, I don't think it was like terrible, but it definitely had a lot of issues. And we uh, ranked, I ranked it pretty low in, a, in one of my 
you know, bottom five disappointments or top five disappointments, however you want to say it. So I also went in this one with tempered expectations. And I definitely think, like Todd said, it's a step up from Scream 5. The brutality is, uh, you know, brought up in this one. And I really like that. I thought uh, Ghostface was more menacing than he has been in the past, which I really liked as well. Like Joe said, I think the character development was slightly better. And yeah, I think my overall experience of watching it was mostly positive. My issue, and I think Todd kind of touched on this, is the issues I do have with it are pretty major, uh, like some fundamental film issues and story issues and stuff like that. And that hurts the film quite a bit for me. There are just some things that are hard to overlook, and that's unfortunate. And another one of my issues, which Todd kind of alluded to with the beginning is that they kind of stayed in their lane in a lot of ways. They didn't take the risks that I thought they would after Scream 5. I thought they would kind of go more into risky territory with this one. And when they first revealed the killer, I was excited because I we had talked about this in the previous episode. You know, I thought that would be something fresh. Even if it's not the ultimate killer, like you think it's the killer for the first half and then you know, they kill the killer and then all of a sudden Ghostface comes up again and it's someone else, like anything. Just, it it, it, be, it became the same fucking thing where they're in a group and they're like, one of us is the killer. I'm like, God damn it. They did this in every fucking movie. I don't want to see this anymore. So just stuff like that. And, the, you know, bringing back Gail and Kirby, was it needed? I don't know. Like at this point, maybe just move on with new characters, but we'll get into all the details and stuff. But overall, it's definitely a better experience than last time. And uh, just there are a lot of things to talk about with this one. To to expand on that, Steve, with you saying, you know, we don't want to see the same thing over and over again. And I see a lot of people defending the film. I mean, hey, you like it, you like it, right? But like, for example, there's some stuff in this like normal people and I get it. It's a horror film would be fucking dead. You know what I mean? And then the excuse I see online or the reasoning is like, well, that happened in part two. Yeah, that was also in 1998 or whatever it was. You know what I mean? Like, let's let's move forward. Let's like bring it into a new era. Let's stop rehashing this shit. And when there's no stakes in the movie anymore, like when you have already established that characters can survive anything, it like kind of takes it away too. Like not to get too far ahead, but the ending, Jenna Ortega jumps from a fucking theater thing and lands on a knife. And then the very next scene, she's walking away without any paramedic attention. Like I, I, I can't excuse that. I get it. It's a slasher, but stuff like that is just like, it jumps out jumps out at me like way too much and like when characters keep getting it there's like like i said there's no fucking skin in the game especially mindy scene in the subway which is fucking awesome scene but then like she shows up 10 minutes later cool like she's she's good to go and i'm like that just bugs me man yeah and i think you that really taps on my biggest issue with the movie is that they it was like they played it too safe with our like these new characters. Like you had to kill off one of these other characters, and they all fucking like get brutal. Especially like the that one dude was it uh, Mindy's brother there. He gets fucking, fucking Chad, like stabbed dude. like twenty times by two ghost faces, and he has a and good miraculously survives. Yeah, it's like what are we doing here? And I, I mean, I think that Mindy scene. I think she needed to die on the subway. Like it would have been perfect too, because Randy died in Scream Two. And she's supposed to be the new Randy character. Kill her off. I mean, I you know I like the actress and everything. So, and you know her character is you know I don't know about that. Some of man, and 
but yeah, I mean, I think they, they needed to kill off more people in this movie, honestly. Um, you know, this whole fight, what is it, the core four uh, thing? You know, it's, you know whatever. Uh, they really wanted to stick with that, I guess, for this last movie that we're going to be getting. And I just don't think it was needed. Like, I, I think they, they, they played it a little too safe with that core four characters. They needed to kill at least one of them. And that, that was definitely annoying, like the whole... I mean, yeah, I get it. Like, do we survive some crazy shit? But like, like in comparison, no. uh, not yeah. even fucking close. <laughs> no. And also the differences, like, at least from for me, is like the original cast, Randy, Sydney, all them, right? Gail, Dewey, they're all fucking lovable, right? And they're all like important for their own different reasons. However, in this one, you can switch names and genders and they're the same person you know what i mean like i guess chad's alpha male and everything but other than that it's like the girls are all the same at least in my opinion because all of them are so meta it like it's distracting and i know scream is known for that but like steve said earlier when we had that same fucking scene where everyone's a killer and they're like blaming dorky white guy like you're the fucking killer obviously which we'll get into the killer shortly i'm terrible at guessing killers but i I guess these and it was disappointing but yeah, like the, the characters is interchangeable and like not special in my opinion. Yeah, um, I guess I'll sort of push back on that slightly. Like, you know, I, I do think like, um, you know, Mindy's basically a, a complete copycat of, of Randy. And that's my other negative with this is once again, like the, the whole, uh, you know, I get it screams meta, like it's supposed to be like super uh, meta type thing. But man, they forced it once again in that whole like Mindy fucking thing in the courtyard or wherever they are, where she's talking about like the rules of a, a franchise or whatever. Like it was just felt so forced. It didn't feel genuine. They really need to like not force it so much. And I think they would be better off. I do think they did a better job though of developing these characters. Like I actually started to care a little bit about Sam and Tara, like especially Sam. Like I thought she was a big step up from this one. I hated her character in five. And I thought she was like her being the quote unquote new Sydney was like a horrible choice. I thought she did a lot better in this one. I thought acting wise was, uh, you know, a lot more seized. She seemed a lot more seasoned. And I thought they did a really good job of building that sister relationship um, with the two of them, you know, and be it as I may, I didn't love the core four thing, but uh, you know, I thought it was a, a decent thing to kind of bring these new characters together. So I, I think they are doing a good job of developing our new characters and kind of pushing the old legacy characters away, which I said, that was my biggest complaint in five. I think the legacy characters were underutilized and really weren't even needed. Like they were kind of force fed into us. Whereas this one, they, you know, Gail is there a little bit, but not much. And honestly, I thought her, almost death scene was was great i thought it was one of the better scenes in the in the movie where i I legit thought that they were gonna kill her and i was kind of sad like i was like oh man we're gonna lose like our last kind of legacy character and i was kind of happy she survived so like yeah so i overall like i guess my point is i think they did a pretty better job developing these characters in this one and they they're kind of coming into their own skin yeah but but once again no stakes though like no stakes with gail like when i think and I might have talked about it last time that Gail should have been the killer. And they even talk about how that would have been a good twist. Like, and they even alluded to it a little bit. Like, you need to stay relevant. This is the only thing you have. Um, I think that would have been the better, the better version. But like, yeah, why, why are we keeping her alive again? She survived a gunshot, right? In part five or stabbing, something like that. And then once again, survives again. Like, for what purpose? So we can bring them back in part seven and round it off. I don't know. Steve, what you got? 
Oh, so much. You guys, t- you guys touch fun so much. I don't even know where to start. Uh, yeah. So uh, on the legacy characters, I thought they were going to do like a Star Wars, you know, an episode seven to nine type thing where they were going to kill one of the legacy characters each movie leading up to final confrontation with Sydney and the next one. So I thought for sure Gail was dead in this one. And, but I, and I like Gail. So I wasn't like super mad that she survived. But at the same time, I was disappointed because it's like, why bother? You know, like, like you said, especially given what we're showing at the end, which actually, you know, the last thing you see in this movie basically is Chad surviving. And the last thing you see in a movie should excite you, you know? And so you leave the movie and you're like happy about it. And you're excited about the movie you just saw. I rolled my eyes so goddamn hard when I saw that he survived and not only survived, but was like lucid enough to like kiss Jenna Ortega's character. Fuck off. Like there's no fucking way that he would have survived that. And then just to, just to really poke it even worse, Mindy comes in fucking like as if nothing happened. She just came back from getting coffee and you know from the hospital into the scene just so she could give her like two cents and her like two lines about oh I didn't guess this killer and I'm you know kind of losing it and stuff like that. She gets into an ambulance right back to the fucking hospital. Why? Like why why did you even show up? It made no fucking sense at all. And the no stakes thing really bothered me. No one of significance really dies in this movie. And like you said, they get fucking, they get stabbed so much in this movie. And it's just like, why? Yeah, there's just a lot of issues. And I think my biggest fundamental issue, and you guys all touched on it, to me is the writing of this story. It felt so forced. Mindy's character, and I love Jasmine Savoy Brown. I think she's a fantastic actress, but it felt so forced. You know, like at the beginning in the very first kill, which I love the, the, the first scene in this one, by the way, when... um. Samara Weaving is coming down the uh, the alley, right? And then Ghostface says something along the lines of, you teach film and you didn't fucking like do this. See, that's clever writing and meta in a clever way. Having a goddamn monologue where uh, you're like, basically you're explaining the sequel to the requel and all that. No, no, I, I didn't like it in Scream 5 and I sure as shit didn't like it in Scream 6. It was way too forced. They need to be more clever and subtle with their meta references as opposed to just info dumping meta references on us. And I really, really hated that. And speaking of monologues, we didn't really talk about the killers yet, but I hate when they basically pause the movie so that they can monologue their reasons for killing someone. It's like a classic trope that I fucking hate. You know, we talked about it in, what was it? Um, Oh, goddamn, that movie, Urban, Urban Legend. Legend, right? Urban, Urban Legend. Legend. Yeah. You like, gotta get something they, they, yeah. they practically had the presentation <laughs> yeah. on the screen in the back in this one, too. Right. Like, Hold on, here. it's 100 slides, guys. You gotta remember. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, here, please watch my video that my son made about, uh, you know, like, goddamn. I want to watch Richie's movie, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It's just, there's a lot of big issues in this movie. And that's what I think bothered me the most is even though I came out thinking I liked it, because I, w- I do want to talk about the stuff I like later, I, I, I still came out like the issues are so big, they're hard to overlook, you know? My, so my question is, do you think they do you think they originally were going to kill Gail in this one? And then when Nev decided not to come back, they had to rewrite it? to make her survive just in case Nev doesn't come back so you at least have a legacy character in Scream that, 7. That's very possible. You know, like, yeah. if they felt that Nev wasn't coming back, because I, I get the feeling that she will, but if she doesn't, I think she will, yeah. they, they need a legacy character, and Kirby isn't enough. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what do yeah. you guys think of Kirby here? Like, I don't, I, she, 
she didn't seem necessary. And then like the whole like force thing about her being a cop, like, I don't know, like it just felt really weird and I didn't love her. She just didn't even seem like the same character to me either. Like from that last movie. Yeah. I don't know. And I, I don't want to get into the killers yet, I guess. Cause I know we're going to get into it, but like, what did you think? Would you have liked her to be, I guess the killer, which was kind of the sort of way it looked like they were going to go at first before they kind of swept, no. you know, pulled the rug out without i mean we can get in the killers we can link this together but since i i had guessed the killers it didn't make sense like there was knowing the killers like regardless though like it doesn't make sense for her to be a killer and in my opinion just like it doesn't make sense for like sydney to be a killer or something like that it's just like people have a bone to pick for with survivors for their fucking reason so like i her whole character was just a fucking waste of screen time there, I don't think there's anything good about it, and ah, uh, no, it was, it was terrible. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't, I didn't, I didn't really like Kirby in this. I think just Gale would have been fine enough. So yeah, I mean, I get, I guess I, you know, I get why they brought her back. They, you know, they won. The fans were really clamoring for it. Were I they? don't know why. <laughs> I, they were. I don't know why, because like I'm in like a lot of the scream uh-huh. fan groups and stuff, and people really love that Kirby character. I don't understand okay. it. Like I didn't really love Scream Four. Scream Four is pretty highly regarded, actually, like in the Scream universe and fan base. Not on, not with us, obviously. But I, um, I like Scream people, Four. It, it got better, yeah. like as I'm watching it over the years. I find okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I know that the, I, and I think that's the main reason she was brought back. I think Nev not coming back also, like really, they were like, all right, let's, we need to bring back another legacy character. Well, you know what? You guys Kirby. are forgetting probably the most important legacy character who made a return in this movie. I mean, oh, let's shit. See, the ghost of Billy is back, baby. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I, I, okay. I swear. So what, when it, when we saw it on screen, I, I actually laughed out loud and thought, oh man, I can, I would have loved to see Todd's reaction on this because I know how much you loved it in Scream 5 and I actually laughed at that. Oh, I'm glad I can entertain you with my pain. It's so, it's so bad, man. It's so bad. It's like, first of all, sorry, Joe, but I disagree. Like, I think Sam is just as bad in this one. She's, her character is so boring and like, she contradicts herself by having a secret affair with her quote unquote hot neighbor who's like fucking like, like pushing 50. 50. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she's like, what? Supposed to be like 24. Hey, you like older people, cool. But it was just like a weird casting of that character, in my opinion. Not to mention, he keeps a ladder in his kitchen that conveniently can stretch between buildings. Come on, get the fuck out of here. Now, I, oh, my rent. Yeah, fucking ghosts. <sighs> can we not? Can we fucking not with that ghost shit? Like, let's get rid of it. Oh, and it wasn't confirmed that Stu was dead. It wasn't confirmed yet. Yeah, so maybe I, he's back I, think I think they're leading up to Stu's not necessarily being himself involved, but somehow being involved in this whole thing. That's why Billy keeps coming back, I think. And 100%. I mentioned it specifically. Yeah, I think it's, I, I mean, I think it's going to happen in seven. I think they're building it up. I'm going to go to bat here for Ghost Billy in this one. I didn't really like him in five, but I think he was used just enough in this one. Um, He was way overused in part five. He like fucking like basically like, like looked at the knife or whatever. He nodded at the knife, dude. He nodded at the knife. (laughs) This one, he doesn't do that. This one, he's basically like sort of in her uh, subconscious more, more, you know, more than not than he was in like as Ghost Billy in this one. She kind of just sees him sort of in the, 
reflection. I thought that was perfect. Like, I think it was just enough and it connects the old movies. Like, I think we got just enough ghost Billy in this one for it not to really bug me. And I think it, it leaves an interesting, I guess, theory for the next one is, I mean, I feel like they're kind of like leading this up to is Sam going to snap? Like, is Sam, you know, right. Is she going to be the next Billy, you know, kind of guy towards the end there where she's kind of holding the mask and then she kind of lets it go. Like it's, you know, he's like really trying to pull her in to be the killer. I don't think it's going to ever happen. I think she's going to have to kind of fight it more and more off, but you know, could she potentially snap in the last movie? That could be a cool and interesting choice. Is it too obvious though? I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think they're kind of like playing with us with that? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. You know, now that I think of it, maybe instead of having Billy's ghost, because she's never met Billy, right? And it doesn't make sense that she can see her. But if she's going to see a ghost, it would have been cool to see like Billy's mom's ghost, you know, as if it's like a family legacy thing where her killing legacy is starting to kind of grip her, right? So if we see that it's not only, it's like three generations of Loomis's uh yeah yeah i guess (laughs) that was done poorly but yeah um i I thought that would have been better but anyway i do think that they're kind of leading towards the inner struggle of her maybe becoming ghostface Uh, that scene where she is ghostface for like a little bit was actually really cool i thought the brutality that she had in that was fucking awesome but i don't think they're gonna go that way i think it's just a red herring maybe they they uh they pull a halloween three and like Ghostface is missing for 10 years and Boogerface takes over the mantle and starts killing people. I don't I honestly don't know where they're gonna go with it because you know it much as I don't think it makes sense, it kind of does in this universe or in the way these guys have been making it to make Sydney the killer, especially to explain her absence from part two, like she orchestrates everything and it dies with her, blah blah blah. But I let's get to the killers. Let's get to the other guys. So I I guessed it as soon as the redhead girl said when we lost my brother my dad became protective but they didn't explain anything else about him like oh it's fucking richie (laughs) and like that fucking cops the killer um which like never happens but i don't know was that obvious to you guys or what were you thinking i I didn't see her coming back from the dead but i did see the cop being the yeah the killer yeah same i i write like similar to you todd i didn't think the daughter but the cop obviously right when he was like Oh, I have another child that's dead now. You know, exactly. like that yeah. was it. Like fucking <laughs> right. snap. Okay. Okay. Well, he's fucking clearly like the killer. I didn't connect the Richie th- thing though until the end. Um, but yeah, so yeah, the killers we've come to find out are Richie's family. The brother, the sister, and the father have come to avenge the death of Richie from the last movie, who of course was killed by Sam and Tara. So now they want to kill them. I liked this better than the last movie. I thought the motives of the killers actually like made a lot more sense this time. Just good old classic revenge, right? I don't, so, like, I don't remember what the, what Five's motives were. Remind me. He's like a copycat killer, essentially, isn't he? Like a fan. It, it, they met. Yeah, they met. They were like fans, and they met yeah, on yeah. a message board, uh, essentially, and were trying to kind of recreate it. It was lame. This this made more sense to me, and I liked this. You know good old classic revenge just like part one you know billy you know billy's father was cheating with sydney's mom and he just wanted that revenge and i think that's always the one of the best ways to go when you're just getting into it same with part two you know billy's mom it's kind of similar i've seen a lot of people comparing this one to part two it's a very similar motive you know college 
this is the college, a the family killer, the, the family member coming back to exact the revenge. This time we don't get Mickey, the the film student. We get the uh, you know a family affair. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I didn't hate it. You know, I'm still like waiting for that huge like fucking like like you said like Stu coming back type moment like in this franchise where we're gonna have that oh shit moment where everything's kind of gonna connect from like that original timeline that's why like i was kind of like okay kirby being the killer like i wouldn't hate that because it's kind of connecting it but i'm like it just seemed too obvious so yeah i mean overall i was like happy with the killers was it like a huge like oh my god this is amazing moment no but like i thought the fucking uh collection room like you know, finale was fucking, fucking awesome. Cool. So cool, yeah. It almost yeah. should have been saved for the last one, I think. Sure. You know, yeah. I think they kind of played that card early. And I, I had this idea, I don't remember if I told you guys or I was just telling my wife about it, but I had this whole idea where the last film is Stu basically being like Mason Verger, you know, like all deformed <laughs> and everything like that. And he collected all of the Scream like stuff over the years and he wanted to kill each How of shouldn't he? Yeah, he, he wanted to kill each of the legacy characters. So he, he gets, you know, uh, Dewey killed in the first one. He gets Gale killed in the second one. And then the last one is just him against Sydney as like the final confrontation. But yeah, we're not going to get that. <laughs> I, I think I think the most realistic way to get Stu back into it is having Sydney like being like a um, Laurie Strode trying to get closure, you know, and then goes to like wherever he's at in prison and talks to him and he starts doing his, his freaking out performance, you know, to get him out of prison and killing again which I guess you can connect to today's society where people like get off now for, for heinous shit. I guess you can see him making parole and coming back at it. It'd be kind of too convenient though. Like if we know Stu's on parole or gets out of prison and then there's killings, it's like, there's no more mystery with that. So I don't know. I, I'd rather him have a cameo than be the main focus. I don't know about you guys. Like maybe just at the end, just like in the last yeah, maybe. You know, 10 minutes. Or, or like a Scream 7 <laughs> where fucking Dr. Gordon's been in it all along. Right, yeah, basically, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. He gets the facial reconstruction surgery. He Ooh, doesn't look like Stu off. anymore. It's like, yeah, exactly. It looks like Gail, and it is Gail. <laughs> yes, <laughs> love it. Uh, I do want, because we we kind of shit on it a lot, I do want to talk about two scenes, which I think are two of the best scenes in the franchise. Like, that's how much I like these scenes. And that's a scene in the, uh, like, the store, and then the scene on the subway. I fucking loved both of those scenes so much it was so brutal Ghostface was menacing he was like powerful and you didn't know like where he was gonna come from you know, on the subway you got all people with different masks and stuff I thought those two scenes were the highlight of the movie and honestly if it wasn't for those two scenes this would probably be back in screen five territory for me so what'd you guys think of those two brutal scenes loved it the I think the subway scene is the best scene we've gotten in a scream franchise in quite a long time um it's one of my favorites i think of all time i fucking loved it the bodega's cool too really dug that i'm gonna give a shout out to one another one too the fucking ladder scene when they're going across and it was really came through in 3d like maybe that's why like the fucking depth perception in 3d was amazing for that um i like that scene a lot actually i thought i mean you know it's been done before and whatnot but i thought it was really cool perhaps wouldn't hit the same not in 3d but in 3d that came through really cool but subway scene chef's kiss loved yeah it. I, I agree both scenes were awesome the the problem i had with the latter scene was another character living through a wound that would kill you she gets stabbed in the lower abdomen and then he fucking yanks it up to like her mid like underneath her breastbone and she's <laughs> she's just sitting there on the bed like ow 
<laughs> and then she crawls out. If they want to do that, dude, it's so much easier to just make her like make her really pale and they leave her for dead, right? And then when they're about to pull the ladder and then she like appears all fucked up and they're like, oh fuck. And then her intestines get stuck on the ladder and she falls. That'd be so fucking cool. I'm like, why didn't I think of this? But as far as the liquor store scene, I would definitely be the character that goes, do we have a problem here? And then he gets fucking wasted. <laughs> but with Ghostface still in the shotgun, it's fucking legit. It was a really cool scene. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Like I, I remember I was concerned in the trailer with like Ghostface holding a shotgun because like, oh shit, we're going this route now because you never really see him doing that. But I thought it was pretty fucking badass. Um, I want to go back to the killers because I didn't really get, hear you guys' thoughts on like what did you think, I guess, of the once we actually got to the did you like like them or were you like eh, whatever? Uh, I, here's here's my problem with like recent these these recent movies that I don't think the killers are threatening at all in this. And of course, when they're Ghostface, you know they're 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 really brutal but then when you realize it's like these nerdy kids running around it takes for me it takes it away like jason's jason because he's fucking menacing and big right he's always jason but when you think of especially in the last one with amber being like 110 pounds nothing taking out dewey it's like why i i I just can't forgive stuff like that because you still have to make it believable and chad big fucking dude right like strong whatever beats the fuck out of Ghostface for a long time and I'm like man if this guy's fighting you and he's kicking you in the face and punching you and then they take the mask off and they're perfectly fine it, it bugs me so I liked I guess that the cop was a killer because he has a lot of um resources at its disposal right but I didn't like the fucking little guy and girl again being being the slashers here I agree that uh it does take away from how like menacing Ghostface is uh, because in this movie in particular I thought Ghostface was super menacing. And then when you find out who the killers are, you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, that, that's who did it. And that, that's kind of just a problem with Scream in general is because they're always doing the twist endings and the killers like always basically die, right? Uh, most Mostly, we found out. But um, I, I don't know. It's just, it, it's like, because we never have attachment. So the whole movie, you're always thinking, okay, who is it now? It's like, I'm kind of over it. You know, I, I just want something that either ties really to everything not just you know characters coming in being ghost face all the time you know it's just i don't know I'm, I'm starting to have a hard time with the whole kind of secret ghost face thing you know happening over six movies and where are we at like 12 killers now you know, you know i think it's uh pretty irresponsible for hardy supplies to still sell the ghost face costume yeah i was thinking <laughs> about that but it's like if, if if they were starting to have killers with the Jason mask, right? Mm-hmm. People would still buy them. Like, even if there are multiple people who died You're with right. them. Because, it, it, and it's, thank God they did the stab thing, right? Because, or else it wouldn't make sense. If it was just someone killing people as with the Ghostface killer, then it would be kind of weird. But because stab was a popular franchise in this world, I can see people still wearing the, uh, the, the, the Ghostface mask. Do you think, um, random, super like random question, but it just popped in my head. Um, do you think the cop was ever like in the ghost face mask or do you think he was kind of doing the sort of bidding and it was the, uh, I don't the think two, so. The uh, son and daughter that uh, were doing action. I don't, all the I don't think he was uh, fast enough to be like ghost face. I think he was just like pulling the strings, right? Yeah. But okay. then again, is the girl and the guy strong enough to. <laughs> In, in this world punches. i mean they're they're I, yeah. fucking getting stabbed <laughs> like no tomorrow and being fine so i'm sure it's fine yeah i oh. I, I personally think he was and yeah. i think i saw it on the discord it might have been eric s that said it but it would have been cool if 
you know, the characters beat the fuck out of the two ghost face, right? They got him. Cool. And then the third ghost face, the cop comes out. Fucking yeah. I thought, I wish they went, I wish they went that way. That would have been fucking awesome. But something we did mention, and I saw a lot of people love it in the discord was the double knife swipe. That did. That was cool. That was cool. Yeah. That was really cool. Now there's going to be a triple knife swipe in the next one when there's three killers. (laughs) I'm down. I'm down for it. Yeah. I mean, this is the only first movie where we've had three ghost face killers kind of, took that but that was cool i mean do you guys like i i guess to go back to the very beginning um and steve said he thought it would have been the more interesting movie is would you i mean it kind of i thought that's where we were gonna go when we got when we saw the ghost face reveal himself in the very beginning i'm like oh i was like this could be really fucking interesting where you actually know who the killer is the whole time and no one else knows and you're following him would you guys like that or do you like that they kept it the same formula i would like that and that's why i'd mention it now i wouldn't have any illusion that that would end up being like the ultimate ghost face you know like there's no way they're going to do that but at least if they they made us think like this is ghost face for the first third of the movie or half of the movie i thought that would have been an interesting direction because then you don't have that stupid conversation of who's ghost face you know and it's only when they finally catch up to that ghost face that they realize that there's there's more, you know, or there's another, or, and it could have been really cool. And as soon as they killed him, I was like, oh no, right back, right back in the lane. You know, it just, and it, I was kind of disappointed despite how good of a scene I thought it was. I was disappointed. Cause I'm like, they're going to go right back to the same shit as the rest. And I was, I was right. Unfortunately. Yeah. I think when you know who it is, it, it, it gives you ammunition to have like super great tension. Like we know a character is in trouble like hey we'll split up and you'll go with johnny whatever the fuck his name was you know i think that that'd be amazing and to make that a little better to steve's point too the twist can be like we know who the killers are the whole time until they are attacked themselves like by a totally different one then you're like oh but if that's like done at like the 70 percent mark then i think that that ratchets it up so it's, yeah it's disappointing plus i would have loved samara weaving to be in the movie you know because she's a great actress so that's that was a bummer too yeah, cool scene, but still a bummer. You're right. It was cool. It was almost like getting a behind the scenes look at Ghostface, you know. And I, I think back to um, what was that movie? Uh, the one where it's like a serial killer, and you kind of see how he kills people. Is it? Um, it's like a fo- fo- behind the mask. Yeah, behind the mask with uh, Leslie Vernon. Uh, yep. it, it, it was cool to see him kill someone and then take the costume off, like you know, like almost like a behind the scenes of what Ghostface does. And you think back to the, you know, the original Scream and how he's like in the stall waiting for fucking like Sydney and stuff like that. (laughs) Like it'd be cool to see like him, the process of what a ghost face goes through to be sneaky, the process to not get caught in the, you know, and just explore that. I think it would be super interesting. And the three minutes of it we got, you know, he's got the different masks in his closet. He's like a fan was really cool. And I'm really bummed they didn't go in that direction. Yeah. One, I, I know we're getting into questions here in a second. So I guess one minor complaint on my end is, do you think New York was underutilized in this movie? Because I, I feel like it was. Like, I, like it just never felt like that big. Like, I felt like I was, t- I was saying this to Sam, like when we got out, I was like, I think it would have been great if like Ghostface was chasing them like through uh, like Times Square or something like that. Or like maybe not quite like exactly like that, but like you see like Ghostface like in Times Square and they're kind of like in there or something like, like I know you get like the subway scene, which was great. But other than that, like I wish we got a little more like actual like New York City or something. I don't know, just a thought. What do you guys think? No, I agree. And I think the whole basis for it being New York is so they can use a subway. 
On, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know they filmed this in Canada, right, Steve? Montreal, my hometown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. obviously to me, but uh, and I think that's why we didn't get much of New York was because they probably couldn't afford filming in New York City, and you know they had a hard time faking it. But I agree, New York. If you're gonna bring it to New York City, you should have more New York flavor to your film, you know. And I think that's something that was lacking. Like it could have been honestly in any city in the U.S. And it wouldn't have made a difference. Did love the Jason Takes Manhattan little Easter egg we got, though. Yeah. <laughs> they're, watching, they're watching it on TV. Right. All right. So do you want to get to the questions now? Because we do sure. have a few of them. Yes. So you can ask us questions on social media at the Horror Squad Podcast or on the Discord, where there were a lot of conversations about uh, Scream 6. And it, we've had a nice. lot of fun discussing things uh, in that movie. So the first ones are audio questions from Chuck. So Chuck, what are your questions? Hey, Horror Squad, Chuck here with a few questions. First question, where would you move to escape your demons? Heaven. Wow. <laughs> Metaf- you can't escape demons? You, yeah. you, you, can't, you can't escape them, Chuck. That's all I can, you know. You just got to live with them. Okay, they'll catch up to you? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, like, they moved to New York City to escape West Westboro. Where would you guys go? If you, like, had a serial killer chasing you in your city currently? I'd go to... Uh, to the police? I'd go to that tropical island from I know what you did. I still know what you did last summer and hang out with Jack Black. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like if the shark can find you in shark in that uh, Jaws four, get your ass, man. Yeah. Revenge. <laughs> the International Space Station. Ooh, I love he's, not, it. he's wow. not getting your ass up there. Ghost face in space, love it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd probably just go to Orlando. Just head out to Disney and <laughs> you know. Be among a lot of people, it'd be cool though. See Ghostface in Disney, just like you're on the ride, and yeah, you know, that'd be awesome. Attacking you on (laughs) it's a small world. The 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 next opening kill for Scream has to be at like a not scary farm or Universal Haunt where they have a stab maze. That'd be so cool. That'd be be sweet. Do it. He he can integrate himself with a bunch of other ghost faces and stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Uh, all right, Chuck. I'm gonna fucking copyright that. <laughs> what is your second question? If you could only collect from one franchise, which one do you choose? Nightmare on Elm Street for me. I think. I think there's just so much good memorabilia out there for it. It's easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Friday Thirteenth for the same reasons as Joe. And for me, it's the Haunted Mansion. I just feel comfortable in the Haunted Mansion for some reason. So it marries a lot of my favorite things, Disney and horror, at the same time. So. That would be mine. And Chuck, what is your final question? Where does Scream rank on your all-time franchise list? Thanks, guys. Look forward to the episode. Ooh, great question. You, that's a that's a, that's a loaded one. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, one's really good. Two's pretty solid. Three's okay and then like i mean we'll get into it but i think six is really good i think only four and five are the real kind of even four is not that bad i think five is really the only big stinker for me so yeah i mean it's it's definitely up there i mean do i like it better than like nightmare on elm street friday the 13th no but it's i would say top five easy yeah top five easy because there's not a lot of franchises that are Right, maybe top three, top three, maybe who knows? Could be third. I mean, you I got know. you have Halloween, Friday, Nightmare. There's Jaws. probably there's. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I wrote them out, and I'm like, yeah. 
<laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like the first one is like one of the greatest horror movies ever made. Even though most of the sequels suck, like I would still put Texas Chainsaw Massacre over this the Scream oh, franchise. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, top maybe top yeah top five I would say. What are you saying? Top top five as well? Um, probably top ten because I think there's five yeah. that I can think of I'd, that are better. I'd, than I was that. gonna say I'd have to think it might be top yeah. ten. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I thought I gave it a little bit of thought, and I gave it top ten because I would watch Conjuring, Insidious, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the mm-hmm. Thirteenth, Halloween, Evil Dead, The Romero Zombies, uh, Ghost, we get it, Ghostbusters. <laughs> like, there's a ton I would put over screen. Yeah, so. but top ten is pretty good. I mean, there are a lot of franchises out there, so and sure. I am excited when a screen movie comes out. So that's that's saying something. Now, if we're doing top iconic voices, Ghostface is up there. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, Actually, a lot of our uh, killers don't talk, so <laughs> not a lot of choice. Well, Michael Myers talks. Leave me alone. That's true. So I will say the f- the first <laughs> screen is one of my favorite horror movies of all time, though. So oh yeah, it's top ten material easily. Yeah. All right. So thank you, Chuck, for those questions. We go into the uh, written questions. First one are from Eric. Do you think that Chad will come back with the signature Dewey limp? <laughs> that's i mean he'd be fucking better man like you might need to be in a wheelchair for this next one the dude fucking <laughs> took, took him in. <laughs> no he's gonna come back mac and mac daddy in it he'll be fine god i hope he dies off screen hear me out hear me out <laughs> scream seven begins with his funeral and ghostface <laughs> pops out of the coffin at, at his funeral <laughs> no like new nightmare no, oh, yeah, start right. the maze. We're gonna have dueling ideas. We can get there. Chad is in a um wheelchair. They get the front of the line pass. Mm. They go through the maze. Chad dies. But he doesn't because he comes back in the last scene. <laughs> He's all right. Um, I'm, I'm gonna I could see maybe Gail being the opening kill in seven. I mean, because seven's supposed to be the last one, right? This is the last one Radio Silence is doing, I think. Radio Silence, right. but they said they yeah. want the franchise to keep going. Oh, of course. It's oh. fucking making hand over fist right. and money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's got to be at least... I mean, who knows? He's probably going to be fine in the next one, but he should have at least something, right? That's uh, bad. Uh, Severed nerve. All right, the second question. Kirby's return felt weak. How would you have used her character? I yeah. I mean, if I had to, I yeah, I probably wouldn't have brought her back if it was my choice, but I wouldn't have made her a cop. I just, you know, like, I, I don't know, like maybe, uh, maybe they just went to like see her or something like that. Like, you know, to kind of get like the rules. I don't know if I can know, but something better than what we got. Uh, yeah, I agree. Small cameo. That doesn't mean anything to the plot. I think it's the way to go. Yeah. I agree. I, I think she should have just been there as essentially emotional support, you know, for, uh, for Sam or something like, we, because we you didn't, didn't have Sydney to do that kind of role in this so she sent her love dude come on yeah yeah i was I, I, we didn't even really touch on it but i mean did you guys miss sydney in this or are you like eh, I, I guess know. we didn't need her i didn't like her in five i, I thought yeah she was, when she did that fucking line of you know of course i have a gun i'm sydney prescott bitch like something like that i was like oh no i don't want to see her anymore I'm, I'm over it so yeah and his last question where does this franchise go from here I've heard speculation that they'll follow the Scream 3 formula and bring in someone related to Sam as the killer. Maybe her mother that we haven't met. Yeah, that could be interesting, actually. Like, I know I've seen people talking about that, um, like, who is her mother? Because they never, they mentioned it in that first one, and we they didn't mention it in this one. So, obviously, it's someone that went to school with them all. 
So, you know, I've Billy seen theories on the side. I've seen theories. It's one of the girls that were in the bathroom uh, in the first movie there. Really? <laughs> when, yeah, I've seen that theory uh, being toted out there. So that could be, that would be stupid, but kind of, I mean, it would connect the first movie in a way. So yeah, I don't know. We'll, st- we'll see. But that, I guess that would be kind of cool. Like someone that kind of brings the whole franchise back together. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next question is from Mondo. Pitch me your story for Scream 7. So if you were in charge of this franchise, what would you do? I think we've kind of, we've kind of covered it, there. but yeah. Um, Stu. I think we I think we all want do we we all want Stu back or is it too obvious? I want him back. Just why not? You know, at this point, who the fuck cares? Like they've they've fucking jumped the shark so much in the series that right. why not give us Stu? You know, that, that would complete our and zombie Randy at it. Why not? You know, at this point, <laughs> who the fuck cares? There's no more rules. And- and another VHS tape from Randy. Throw yeah, it all yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> On his shrine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's bring him back. Fuck it. Right. Yeah, well, why not, right? At this point, who the fuck cares? <laughs> all right. So the next question is from Raining Blood 16. This movie t- uh, took a big risk of fleeing Woodsboro for New York City. Should the core four head back to Woodsboro, stay in New York City, or go, so- go somewhere all, all new altogether? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I like the New York City setting, but I mean, I think you have to go back to Woodsboro to finish out the franchise. I mean, that's where it all started. That's where it's going to go. If we're going to do our stew thing, it makes sense to go back to Woodsboro. You got to go back to Woodsboro. I agree. And I think with all the true crime podcasts and Netflix specials and everything, I think you need to make that the plot too to go back to Mono's question. It's like investigative journalists, like in Halloween 2018. Um have that so like they're kind of like who are they the killers and things like that but yeah you have to finish it off where it started i think i agree as much as i don't kind of want to see woodsboro again because it's been played out so much i agree that if they're actually finishing this storyline and i'm presuming that this finishes like the storyline of all seven screens right as opposed to just this new kind of core four storyline uh that they need to end it in woodsboro and then maybe move on from there, you know, something totally different. But mm. are are we gonna see another movie being filmed though, like Stab Six or something, like they did in Scream it's, Three? Maybe right, just because they did in Scream Three, um, which actually my least and it's favorite. Roman's <laughs> the original Scream brother <laughs> that also married Billy's mom. Oh, that also okay. no, it's first Billy's cousins with Randy, ride. which brings in Mindy <laughs> and like yeah, yeah crazy and that's all the questions we had so thank you everyone for the questions we couldn't do the segment without you all right i think we're ready yeah. to rate it let's do it ray are we doing franchise ranking too while we're at it uh we could oh, yeah sure sure I'm pull it <laughs> all right i'll start us off yeah i thought this was like a, a big maybe not a big step up but it was a it was a step up from five i think radio silence it's definitely heading in the right direction here. I think they did a really solid job with this one. At the end of the day, I had fun. I had a lot of fun watching this. I would watch it again. I think it's one of the best sequels. I really do. So I'm giving it a three and a half out of five. And then for my rankings, I'm going to go one, two, six, three, four, five. Okay. Yeah, you know... Problems aside, I think it's a solid film. So maybe not solid film, but a fun film, like you mentioned. So I'm going to go with a three out of five. And my ranking is Scream, Scream 2, Scream 3, Scream 6, Scream 4, and Scream 5. 
All right. So I'm basing this off my last rewatch uh, from last year when we did our uh, kind of screen retrospective, which had surprised me in my findings. Uh, I also give it a three and a half. Despite all the issues we named, I still had fun watching it. And that's important to me. I was never bored, which is also a very good thing. So my ranking is one, four, surprisingly, two, six, five, and three. Because I fucking hate three. I just can't stand it. <laughs> which makes me scared for seven if they're mimicking three. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. But it could change, right? Like, but, uh, So I did a retrospective for another podcast like six months before we, we did a retrospective. And my ranking was different. So... It's like every time I watch them, I see something different and it's new. Like other than one, which is obviously set in stone as my number one, the rest can really go anywhere. Yeah, and you know, I don't think these new screen movies are necessarily for us either. I think no. they've, they've moved past our age group and are geared towards the younger crowd. Because my daughter, she fucking loved it. Four and a half out of five for, for her. So it's like, yeah, you know what? We grew up with Scream 1, 2. Now they're growing up with Scream 5 and 6, you know? Yeah, it's actually, I, I we had this conversation on Discord, which is a reason why you should join. People are talking about they should have killed Tara in this one, so Jenna Ortega's character, and I disagree for the same reason that they shouldn't have killed Dewey in the last one. Like, to us, as old screen fans, seeing Dewey kill, like, really kind of hurt the movie, in my opinion, whereas to new generation, I think Tara is, like, their kind of Dewey or Sydney because she's such a popular icon, and I think it would have hurt the franchise with the new crowd to kill her in this one i think she's as hot as any actress right now to kill her in the franchise would have been a big fucking mistake i think uh 100 agree you can't kill tara i mean jenna ortega is i mean she's the it girl right now you know she's the she horror girl right now man you can't get rid of her i mean big rumors yeah i was gonna say big rumor she's gonna be doing beetlejuice too as lydia's daughter which i think is amazing makes perfect choice. sense and a tease for next week for horror news mia goth in Frankenstein? Uh, question mark. Uh, <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, all right, guys, is that it? Wrapping up. All right, all right. Well, that is going to be it for this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed our review of Scream Six. Next week, my birthday pick. We are going to be watching Inside, uh, which you can check out over on Tubi. It is a French horror film from 2007, I believe. Don't quote me on that, but we'll let you know more next week. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, The Horror Squad Podcast. You can email us anytime, the horror Squad Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, the absolute best way to follow us is our Discord. All you gotta do is send us a DM through any of our socials and we will send you a link to join the Discord. Completely free. Multiple, multiple channels on there to chat anything and everything horror and non-horror. So please join us in there and join in all the fun. And that is it. So we'll see you guys next week for Inside. See ya. Bye. Bye.
Hello? Hello, Chad. Who this? Uh, uh, uh. I ask the questions here. This Matt? No. Tell me, Chad. This Kelly? No. Do you want to play a game? Oh, no, thanks.